Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Scientists at Sea brought to you by Extramarine. This week we're going back to the European Centre for Environment and Human Health where back in February Katie spoke to Dr Rebecca Short about a variety of topics including her work um, looking at mosquito net fishing in Mozambique and more recently her involvement with the seas, oceans and public health in Europe project otherwise known as the SOFI project. So without further ado, here it is. Hi Rebecca, so thank you so much for joining us today, it's really exciting to get to talk to you. No Uh, problem, lovely to be here. (laughs) Um, So uh, just getting started then, um, when I was looking at what you're involved in at the moment, there's quite a lot of sort of broad info, so if you can just give us a bit of a background about what you're actually doing at the moment here, that would be a really great start. Yeah, so I mean as you probably know, the the work that goes on at the centre is really varied. Um, and I've worked on a, a couple of projects here, um, the first of which is the SOFI project, yeah. um, Seas, Oceans and Public Health in Europe. Um, so it's a big agenda. Part of that project was to build up some, some ideas for, for policy and future research um, in a strategic research agenda. So my role really was to come in and look at what is underpinning all the evidence that we currently have for um, interactions between the oceans and human health. So um, really we're looking at any kind of exposure to the marine realm. So that can be occupational, it might be um, through the fish that you consume, through novel compounds coming from things like corals, absolutely anything. And then what the health outcomes of those mm-hmm. are. Um, so we've, we've produced what we call a systematic map um, which really underpins everything going forward in terms of what do we know already, where are the gaps, really important, and also where is there a, a lot of information that perhaps we could synthesise into a more useful kind of policy-ready um, document. Okay. That's really cool. It sounds like you get to be involved in all of the different exciting research that's going on here <laughs> at the centre. a lot <laughs> of Googling of different <laughs> terms, I must admit. <laughs> <laughs> Not having a health background was definitely okay. a steep learning curve. A step yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. So mentioning not having a health background, what more specifically is your background before coming into this area? Um, so I started off as a marine biologist, okay. as many do. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> um, and at some point, actually, during my, my master's, I did a master's at Imperial College in conservation science, and I sort of went out um, to Madagascar to measure some sharks. I should um, do. Yeah, because I was shark obsessed <laughs> at the time, and it just really hit me that all my methods were wrong, and really, you know, I was looking at the fishery. And the fishery is about people. Um, and ever since then, after my epiphany moment, I've been really interested in uh, marine resource use from from the perspective of the people using it, really. Okay. Um, so that sort of led on to some work at the Zoological Society of London. Wow. Um, I've spread over so many projects there. I had a great time. Um, really mixed. But a lot of what they do is very community-centred conservation. Yeah. And it's very much got a lot of underpinning science. So... That sort of developed me as as someone who who wants to look at the science that leads to effective interventions. Um, And so I started a PhD with them, um, also with Imperial College and uh, Oxford University, actually. And a really sort of out there topic of uh, of the use of mosquito nets as fishing gear. So this this problem, or it's seen as a problem worldwide, that's that's growing wherever they're given out for free. and the, the, the perceptions are that because they catch absolutely anything, because it's obviously very fine mesh, yeah. um, that they're this huge uh, threat 
to, to sustainable fisheries, so certainly small-scale fisheries. Right. Um, but no one had investigated it, and it had been <laughs> going on for, I think, 10, 15 years at the point at which, you know, we started looking at it. Um, so I used one of uh, ZSL's projects in, in northern Mozambique where we knew it was a problem, and it was a problem that we were trying to address as we developed fisheries co-management in the region, so okay. trying to really hand back the management of those fisheries to the people but having this one issue that kept coming up and that couldn't, couldn't seem to be resolved by, by the people themselves. And so we thought, well, let's look into it, see how big a problem it is and really characterise it. Um, so, yeah, that was my PhD. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. And that helpfully transitioned me a bit into health research. So yeah, I never absolutely. thought I'd be so embroiled in sort of <laughs> anti-malarial policy. <laughs> but it's before I knew area. it, I knew a lot about it. So, wow. yeah. Okay. So a little bit more on different areas of your background. I think I noticed as well that you've been involved in the marine aspects of the Edge of Existence programme. So I didn't know if you were up for just giving us a few words about what that involved. Yeah, sure. So so back then, the marine part of Edge was, was purely focused on corals. Um, okay. We were still developing the list for sharks, so which was obviously what I was Very holding exciting. off for. <laughs> um, but no, so we had, um, we'd come up with this list of globally endangered and evolutionarily distinct corals. Um, <laughs> and so my job really was focused on uh, mentoring in-country fellows. We oh, supported wow. um, Edge fellows. Um, so it would be a two-year project with us usually. We'd help find them funding and give them a bit of money ourselves. Um, and they really became the champions of an, an edge species that they were doing research or, or active conservation on. So um, that was amazing. took me all over the world. And um, we ran training courses for them, um, which was partly getting them um, up to speed as, as researchers and active conservationists but also to make them leaders in their field so um, really developing their skills to whilst they were focused on this single species to really get them as as someone in their country who could be used useful across the board yeah wow okay that sounds like a really interesting area with your work here at the center then I guess it's, it's, it seems really fascinating to me because you get to be involved in, in all of the different areas. I was I was wondering, just a sort of curiosity question, really, if there was an area that you find sort of most exciting out of out of all of those different evidence pots that you've got to have a little look at so far. My passion, uh, increasingly, is really um, looking at appreciating the oceans better for what they give us, okay. and that for me more and more is about nutrition and about equality oh, and wow. about social justice and about changing the way that we look, especially at, at fisheries, um, to make them contribute more to, to people and we will value them better and we will make them sustainable and we will value all of our marine resources, um, which is the only way towards effective conservation, really. So increasingly, I'm looking um, at ideas within small-scale fisheries of what can actually larger-scale fisheries learn, rather than trying to develop people out of their small-scale fishing. You know, what actually works in those scenarios, and, and is it contributing better to people's health and people's livelihoods and people's well-being? Okay, well, that's a really fascinating area. I'm really interested in fisheries as well, so it sounds like a really exciting place to be. It's the future, so... <laughs> <laughs> So just going back to, you mentioned about a little bit on your PhD, um, what were the sort of some of the outcomes that you got from that? It sounded like a really interesting topic. Yeah, so so um, myself and, and others included went into that that research with a lot of assumptions. Okay. Um, 
we assumed that, yes, it was this damaging activity. Um, and also, I think the other big assumption was that it was this desperate activity. So okay. it was the poorest of the poor engaging in this because they, they can't afford other fishing gears. Um, and really, I mean, based on, on the case study that we did in, in northern Mozambique, we, we debunked quite a few of these assumptions. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first being that it was the poorest of the poor. Um, we actually found it, it had quite important livelihood contributions, um, f- especially for women. It was a, it was a big okay. gender aspect involved in it. It really gives them access to the fishery that they perhaps wouldn't have had before beyond gleaning. Um, and, and on top of that, it's an independent income in many cases. And as other fish stocks were declining, in some places we were seeing that the, the price of these catches was increasing and it was becoming quite a viable um, livelihood. Okay. Um, the other assumption was that it was going to be really damaging. Um, and so, you know, that offset potentially any, any uh, benefits from it. But what we found in this case, I must state, but what we found was that actually there's very little overlap in what the women were catching with what was being caught with with legal gears. Um, So to blame the the decline of the fishery on this one gear was actually, it looked like it was erroneous. And and we did did find that um, men were also using the mosquito nets and they were using them in a a slightly more commercial way. So they would often sew them together with stronger nets and use them over the reefs. So absolutely appreciating that there is a risk involved in their use. We just think that, perhaps the knee-jerk reaction of many countries to make it very illegal and to really demonize mosquito net fishers was very um was going to be very detrimental to local people yeah so that was one of the big things oh i also got very interested in the idea of balanced harvest which um is a a newish theory that actually states that we should be fishing very equally across ecosystems and across species life histories and and mosquito nets really fed into that quite okay. well, sort of almost completing apart the puzzle that was otherwise an underutilised resource. So we are arguing for a lot more research on this because actually to demonise them is probably really uh, counterintuitive. Okay. Um, so, yeah, those were the main outcomes from it. That's really fascinating. It really sort of highlights the need for research and these things where assumptions are maybe put yeah, forward sure. too much initially. That's certainly, and I think one of the important things to look at also will be what the nutritional contribution of okay. these fish are. So on top of the fact that in the communities where we work, often it's a sad fact that food that is provided by women is much more likely to make it to children's plates, uh-huh. on top of which the, the size of the fish that they're catching means that often they eat them whole. Okay. Um, so there's been a lot of uh, some really exciting recent research on the nutritional contributions of fish when you yeah. eat them whole and how important that is for childhood development. And in this case, really importantly, how how good it is for survivorship of malaria as an important oh, wow. feedback loop on, on that issue as well. So there's an awful lot of questions to be filled, but a also really big topic. The, yeah. the, the, what we're saying is just don't make any assumptions. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And then I understand that you, you might actually be moving on to a new role shortly. So I didn't know if you wanted to mention a little bit about what that might involve if you're excited for new things coming uh, i am yes so it's actually going to be really nicely tying in with with both the interest from my phd and the work that i've been doing here at the european center um so i'm going to be a, a blue food fellow as part of the blue food program um jointly run between uh, the stockholm resilience center and stanford university um, which is going to be a very exciting new look at um, really getting marine resources in terms of food on the map okay. uh, in terms of the global policy agenda. 
So, yeah, definitely going down the nutrition route, looking at better use of, of marine resources for human health and well-being, and hopefully also worm, worm some um, mosquito net fishing research in there as well oh, <laughs> to continue wow. that. So, yeah. Okay, really, really fascinating topic and also a, a fabulous new title. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> okay, brilliant. Um, so thank you so much for talking to us today. Really, really interesting topics. Thank you for having me. It's been great. So a big thank you to Rebecca for coming on. If you enjoyed that, please do go and check out the show notes on the Exeter Marine blog where you can find out more about Rebecca's work, including a paper she's just had published discussing the gender dimensions of mosquito net fishing. So congratulations, Rebecca. We've also included links to the new SOFI Project Strategic Research Agenda, which outlines the research needed to answer fundamental questions in the field of oceans and human health. There's also links to the Marine Social Science Network where Rebecca is a committee member, so do go and take a look at their work as well. And finally, if you'd like to find out more about the European Centre for Environment and Human Health, do go and have a listen to the episode we did with Professor Laura Fleming a few weeks ago. Again, we've linked that in the show notes. So that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed it and see you next time.